Welcome to Manager Tools. The three types of power and one to rule them. Part three, here we go. This cast answers these questions. What are the three types of power in all organizations? What are the limits and uses of those powers? Which powers are easier or harder to attain? Well, if you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. In the previous two casts, we talked about the three types of power and what power is. There's always some confusion on that. And then we talked about role power, and that's the one that everybody, when they talk about power, that's what they think. They think about role power. But there are other two types of power, expertise power and relationship power. So let's, let's talk about expertise power. Yeah. And we keep in mind that the definition of power is super simple. It's not a manager tools definition. It's a organizational theory 101 definition. Power is the ability to get things done. And the different types of power are different ways you can get things done. And expertise power, which is, by the way, particularly in vogue in the last 25 years, uh, thanks to technology, particularly computers, software, um, hardware engineers, software engineers, developers, and so on. Yeah, what used to be geeky now is cool. Like, you have some power. Actually, what I was going to say is that it is in vogue. A lot of people want to lord their expertise power, not their power that comes from experience in the workplace, but rather a third-party form of expertise or, or basically saying, I'm smarter than you, which is not expertise. Uh and it's, it's funny. It happens to me all the time in Silicon Valley. You know, software developers are famous for looking askance at management guides. So I don't need that. You know, organizations don't need to be managed. You just need to be smart. Right. Uh, which I can't decry too much because I remember saying when I was 23, I'm not going to play politics. I'm just going to do my job better than everybody else. And I did do my job better than everybody else, but not playing politics didn't help me at all, as Mike can attest to. Yeah, well, I love it when people um, in technology, I've been with you in Silicon Valley, when people have lorded their technical expertise and you start going down some path talking about polymorphism and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And their, their eyes roll back in their head. Oh, oh, you know something. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Exactly. Never mind. Yeah. So expertise is the ability to accomplish work, get work done, because others trust your knowledge enough to come to you for help or guidance. And then they actually enact or follow your recommendations. And perhaps the most important get it done right at the beginning. Uh, lots of people think they have expertise power, but very few do. Okay. You can't have 50,000 experts in a field. You can't have a quarter of a million experts. That's not how the world works. Expertise is not about how smart you are or about what you know. Even though that those, I mean, clearly those are requirements for it. Those are necessary requirements, but they're not sufficient. Mike and I joke back and forth all the time. You know, we're, we're pretty smart, but hey, that guy's smarter. But here's the key. You cannot bestow expertise power on yourself. Expertise power is about how smart others think we are. And that's what makes it so much harder than people think. And if you compare it to role power and relationship power, 
if you are naturally a logical, linear, rational, factual kind of person, somebody who likes science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and so on, your natural tendency is to shy away from people-driven enterprises because you feel that people are unpredictable and don't do things your way because they have feelings and they shouldn't have feelings and they should be like Spock or Data or something like that. That's an overstatement, guys. It's a joke for you Star Trek fans. And so they they abjure, they, they move away from relationship power. And then until they have role power, they sort of decry role power as well. And so that leaves them one thing, which is expertise power. And so they go all in on that. But you probably don't have expertise power early in your career. It could happen. And in fact, today, in the technological world as an example, you could. I mean, it's easier than ever, probably, because you don't have to go to Caltech and get a PhD by the time you're 24. Uh, you don't have to be Doogie Hauser. You could probably write an app or write some code or hack somebody in such a way that you became famous. And so, yeah, you could get it, but it's very unlikely. And there's certainly not a quarter million people like that in any particular field. And that's because usually there is some significant external validation of your expertise. And that validation, trusted by the person whom you're wanting to impress with your expertise, that validation sends a signal to those other people. Yeah. It's kind of like potential energy, right? Knowledge, just having knowledge is useless unless you can do something with it. And expertise power is the same thing. You can have lots of expertise. But until you can use that expertise to translate into results, you really don't have power. You just have potential energy, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I would take the step further. That's a great way to think about it um, because power is not potential energy, right? It's potential energy converted into work. And having the potential energy, not having role power, not being willing to engage in relationship power, and thinking that you have a lot of potential energy, but having no way to prove it to other people, it can make people very frustrated. I think there are a lot of developers, and I, I don't mean to pick on developers, guys, but it's a it's been a popular career for, for years, and I know we have many technological listeners out there, but a lot of listeners are, are developers and, and people who long for expertise power or think of that as their stock and trade um, begin to hate organizations. Uh, they become worse than apolitical. They become anti-political, which is not good. And they begin to cultivate a, an impression of, or, or a demeanor, a personality of, you know, to heck with the man kind of thing. Yeah, I don't care about the organization. All I want is a chance to do my work. Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's what a fifth grader would say. It just right. doesn't work that way. We hired you to help the organization. How, yeah, sure. how can you say that? Yeah, no. Oh well, they do. I, I know. Me, do. I know. Yeah. So early in your career, it usually takes a highly respected degree from a great school. I mentioned Caltech or a noteworthy or a newsworthy achievement. And generally speaking, something newsworthy or noteworthy, uh, and by newsworthy, I mean third party is the press and, and potentially, you know, being infamous or, or famous, those things are much less likely early in your career. And so when people say, oh, well, you know, they're all old guys that are getting the awards. Yeah, 
That's because when you're 50, you're a lot smarter, a lot more clever, have a lot more relationships, can have gained expertise power over the years, probably have some role power. You have a lot more weapons to fight with in your goal of being effective of getting work done. And the more work you get done, the more likely you are to get a, uh, to get a reward. And so I've alluded to it there. You can also earn expertise through a noteworthy series of, of successes in your career. The problem with that is if you're 25 or 30 and you're listening, <laughs> this definition of expertise power or this path to expertise power takes a career <laughs> or very nearly so, right? And usually if you start having a series of successes, that means you've had some increased role power to accompany your expertise power. Certainly there are the cases of individuals, um, most people don't know it, but it was invented in the, uh, you know, over 50 years ago, the idea of dual career paths where you could become a manager. You know, it used to be the only way you could grow your career was to become a manager. And now there are roles where you can become a fellow, for instance, and you're still an individual contributor. You're not managing other people, but you can become a very significant executive. Uh, executive. Um, Mike, as I recall, and didn't Vince Surf work for MCI at some point, and he's a guy with yeah, enormous expertise. And he was he was a was he not a fellow? No, no, he actually was in a management role at MCI. Um, oh, he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. His executive meetings with Vint were always always fun because he didn't behave like an executive. I really wasn't addressing that. I was I just think he was just um, he was just vocal about his opinions. Yeah, in, in, in a very kind way. I mean, he wasn't a mean guy. He's a great guy. Actually, I like Vint quite a bit. But he was a fellow at Google, I believe. I think he went to Google afterwards, and he still may be. I'm not sure. Pretty smart guy. Yeah. So typically, expertise power is, again, most of interest to those in the technical or scientific fields, which actually prize knowledge and prize experience. The most likely professionals to have a special interest, sometimes to the point of attenuation of your career, Interest in expertise power, engineers, scientists, developers, logic and rationality, fact-based reasoning, and intellect are of importance to these folks. But that isn't always so. You can gain expertise and therefore expertise power, potentially. Let me be clear, guys. You can be an expert and not have expertise power. Because if you look up the definition of an expert, it doesn't include third-party validation. It doesn't include being thought that way in the minds of other people. I'll never forget an article at the turn of the century in the Wall Street Journal. There was an, art, there was an entire section about the future. And uh, they interviewed a whole bunch of geniuses. And my favorite answer was Andy Bechtelsheim, who's a very successful guy in Silicon Valley and a genius. And... Um, they interviewed him, and one of the questions they asked was, you know, a lot of people say you're a genius. And uh, his answer was, that's what they say. <laughs> like, you know, what, what am I going to say to that? So you can actually gain expertise power in marketing or sales or even, I mean, organizational administration if you want to, or art or design or colors I mean, gosh, the world of colors, Pantone and color of the year and the numbering system for making sure you have your color right, fascinating stuff. But 
in virtually every case, significant expertise power comes from the validation of other people that you are seen by others as having enough knowledge, expertise, that they will follow your guidance, follow your recommendations. And typically, expertise power plays a greater role in the more rational fields, in the more engineering, technical, scientific fields. Now, look, if you're a logical person, I alluded to this earlier, you want expertise power to be the end all and be all. You want that one to be above everything. You know, why wouldn't I be CEO? I'm smarter than everybody else. By the way, if you're 25, you're not smarter than everybody else. You have a type of smarts that may be in vogue. You may, you, you may in fact, be an intellectual powerhouse so much as, as Dilbert once did that you had an extra brain, you have an extra brain strapped to the side of you. I know some people like that. I think, in fact, Mike, didn't I, didn't I in my book mention Bill Gates, Andy Bechtelsheim, and our friend Mike Morsrow? You did. Um, yeah, so smart. They're all about the same level of intelligence. Yeah. Well, as far as I can distinguish, I'm not smart enough to make a distinction yeah, exactly. between their levels of intelligence. But We live in darkness and they live in light. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, we hear this all the time. I'm smarter than my boss. I, sh I should be in charge. She should listen to me. If they'd do it my way, things would be great. And uh, what I alluded to earlier, I'm not going to play politics here. I'm just going to do smart work and I'll get ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, how come I'm not getting promoted? I'm the smartest guy here because nobody likes you. What? That's important. I mean, I thought this is an organization. We were trying to please our customers. I figured it out. I, I know the answers. I'm, you know, nobody likes you. <laughs> well, but that's politics. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it should just be about smarts. Yeah, there's that word should again. I mean, my dad said the definition of conflicts, two human beings in the same county. And uh, we've added to that that the definition of politics is three human beings in the same county. So you put 10,000 people in the same building, you're going to have some politics, which means relationship power matters. And if you're lucky and you're not naturally good at this, you'll have a manager who sometime young in your career <laughs> pulls you aside and whacks you on the side with a, a wooden board to knock some sense into you. Not that I know anybody like that. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. And look. Unfortunately, guys, if you have a desire for expertise power, and by the way, we're not saying expertise power is unimportant. We want you to have expertise power. We want you to have all three powers. We want you to be able to get work done in any way possible. We want you to have a full toolbox. This is manager tools after all. Uh, and you can, in your field, become an expert. It'll just probably take you longer, and it will take you things that are, to some degree, out of your control. Unfortunately, the world is filled with people who have feelings and insecurities and that have less expert knowledge than you, but on their behalf, they're good at motivating other people. They're good at persuading people to do things. They're good at inspiring teams, at meeting deadlines, at communicating, at listening, heaven forbid, at empathizing. And... They're also good at keeping customers with, you know, service recovery. And regrettably for the expertise world, customers tend to be people too and like to have their feelings assuaged when things don't go well. And that means that the relationship part of power is such a huge one. And yet what's funny is, is that people who are pursuing expertise power look down on the other powers 
Role power people don't look down on relationship people because role power people go, wow, you know, that guy, right? He knows how to work the system. Uh, it's not that easy, but that's the way you say it if you're a role power person and you want to look down your nose at a relationship power person. But they respect the relationship power. It is usually expertise power folks who look down on role power and relationship power and talk down about it. Look, another way to think about this is that organizations are made of people. They're called organizations and not mechanizations for a reason. Even though conceptually it's helpful to think about our organizations as boxes that inputs come in and outputs go out, they're not machines. They're just people organized together. And what that means is that expertise power, which is certainly important, is unfortunately, though, still less important than role power. In our totally unscientific estimation, expertise power accounts for only 10% of the power wielded in organizations. You know, I thought about this the other day, Mike. We said expertise is 10, and I think we said role power is 15, uh, and that means we're, we're at 25, so relationship power is going to be 75%. And I'm sure I'm going to get some mail saying, no, it's more. You you got it wrong. First of all, folks, this is a scientific wild-ass guess. Okay, you, I'm using a percentage here to send a message, and I don't have data. We have data about a lot of things we have here, but not this. But let's suppose I'm wrong and that I'm off by 2x. So the number should be expertise is 20%, and... Um, rule power is, what, 30%. That means 50% is relationship power. It's still... Still pretty significant, component, right? right? If you want to focus one place. That's yeah. And, and by the way, if you're an expertise power person, we want you to continue to pursue expertise power because that helps you get things done. But remember, remember this. Expertise power is in the mind of someone else. If you're a jerk, you don't have expertise power unless you shine brighter than the sun. And now we're not talking about a quarter million. We're talking about 10. People didn't just respect Bill Gates because he was smarter. They respected him because he was smarter. He was CEO and he was a billionaire. Okay. So I want you to have expertise power, but if it's going to be considered in the minds of other people, you're going to have to be useful to them in a way that they can tolerate. Experts get a fairly large, fairly wide berth. You can be idiosyncratic. You can be a little weird. You can flaunt the, the dress code conventions if you're a fellow, uh, if you've won a MacArthur Foundation grant, if you've won the Nobel Prize, right? I mean, okay, you can, but you probably haven't. Right. If we do have any Nobel Prize winners who listen to the podcast, I'd love to get a note from you, an email, mahorstman at manager-tools.com, because it'd be an honor to meet you. That'd be pretty cool. So what I hear you saying about expertise power is why it's probably not where you want to focus is, one, it relies on other people's views of you, which is hard to control. So that's completely out of your control. You can influence, but it's out of your control. And two, if you don't already have it, it takes a long time to get, partly because other people <laughs> are the ones that get to the side. But secondly, if you don't have the expertise, forget the power part, if you don't have the expertise, it's going to take a long time to get it. So yes. great if you have it, 
And not that you shouldn't be concerned about it, but it takes a long time and it's outside of your control largely. Yeah, exactly. And let me mention one more sort of golden loophole for those of you who are young in your career and expertise is the way you were thinking about getting ahead. I'm, we're sorry to Brewster Pebble. Don't shoot the messenger. We do this all the time. Hate me. Send me hate mail if you want, but you'll be glad at some point when you say years later, yeah, Mark and Mike were right. Here's what I want you to do. If you want to pursue expertise power, I want you to remember that doing so and third-party validation, university degree, those kind of things are certainly helpful. Okay. But you can't put all of your cards in expertise. I want some of your cards on relationship power because if you have 10 cards to play and you play all 10 of them in expertise and you're not naturally gifted when it comes to working with other people, those 10 cards in expertise will get you, let's say, a result of 20. I'm making that up. Totally artificial metric system here. If, however, you're going after expertise power and you take one of those cards that you put your attention toward and rather than making all 10 of them toward expertise, you put nine toward expertise, the actual technical underpinnings of your genius, and you put one on relationship power, you will get 5x, like 100 value out of your efforts because, again, expertise is in the eyes of other people. And by the way, folks, if you abjure, if you avoid, if you show disrespect for, ooh, I almost said, if you disrespect others, I hate that grammar usage. If you show disrespect for other people, if you show disdain for other people in your pursuit of your genius, the moment you give bad advice or falter, they will tear you down, okay? You are playing on a knife edge because people don't like people in their organization who flout the, the customs, the rules, the traditions, the obligations. You can get away with it if you have an incredibly stellar track record, okay? And, and by that, we mean that your ideas get implemented. And that's great, until it doesn't. And then your head's on the block. And it's your fault, because you could have taken a little bit off in this area and played it over here, Right? Napoleon didn't put all of his troops at the point of decision, even though he believed in mass the point of decision. He put almost all of his troops and enough troops at the other places to keep that bit from being a route everywhere else. That's what I want you to do. Pay some attention to the last power, the power that rules them all, relationship power, and your expertise power will be magnified in such a way that it will be as if you have more expertise than you actually do. That's it, everyone, for this week. We'll finish this one up next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long, folks.